Welcome to the Next Level Show, a health and fitness podcast with a little bit of life. Hosted by Jonathan Alvarez, Gabriel Contreras, and Mike Nillis. We hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome back to the Next Level Show. We have a completely different style episode today, which I've been excited to kind of uh, get going. I have one of my really good long-term friends, uh, Santiago Vanegas. We went to high school together. We go way back, I think, since uh, English class in 10th grade, man. So um, super happy to have you on. But um, it's been interesting because the conversation we've been having lately, um, I feel that this is something you've been you we actually just were just talking that you kind of wanted to do this on your platform. And I think it'll be a perfect opportunity just to kind of discuss this. I think it's a it's a hot topic. A lot of people that I've been actually conversing with out since I started kind of getting into it. A lot of people know about it. They are excited about it, but there's still a lot of misconception around it. Like people don't fully understand. And I think this will be a great episode for anyone that's interested in talking and learning about crypto. So Santi, how's it going, bro? Welcome to the Next Level Show. Thank you, man. Thank you. I'm excited, bro. Thanks for having me here. And yeah, man, I'm, you know, I got uh, involved in crypto back in uh, 2017. So, mm-hmm. you know, the whole thing with, uh, everybody wanting to learn about it right now obviously because of the price um there's still a lot of things that everybody should know before even attempting to get in right because it is very volatile a lot of people do get hurt with it especially with these other little cryptos that uh come out so you know it's it's very important for anybody who wants to get in to first know everything that there is behind it right and I think that I was super, um, I was on edge. Um, I, I know you, I, I'm, I kind of hit myself on the back of the head when I think about it, because I know we talked about it way back, you know, 2017, even 2016, I think you started kind of touching the subject, um, yeah. even just with overall, uh, just understanding money and everything. And we, we touched the subject, but it's not something that we're taught, you know, even nowadays, a lot of people grow you know, older and they still don't understand what is money, kind of how it works what's going on in the world. And that way you can actually make a very um, educated, you know, uh, you know, educated choice based on your personal needs and what you want to get out of life in general. So, I mean, understanding these things, I think really equipped you to kind of handle what life's going to be throwing at you. So um, I was going to, I wanted just to kind of uh, get into it, man, because I know we're going to cover a lot of different topics. I think people can, uh, First and foremost, you can watch this on a video platform on the YouTube. For people that don't know, we do have a YouTube channel. You can go and subscribe. You can see us having the conversation. If you prefer audio, we're on all the different uh, sp- uh, audio platforms. Go ahead and share it with someone. And also, I would recommend checking this thing back. We have the show notes going to be ready for you guys as well. So you guys can kind of go highlight exactly where we cover each question, each topic. So it's going to be a good one. Let's get into it, though. Um, so, Santi, start us off. I know this is going to be a, a critical one is just what is money? Obviously, we know that it just it's for some people, it's paper. You kind of just go buy things with it. You go buy nice, shiny objects. You buy food. You just it's kind of like something that people are all chasing. But what is money exactly? How does it work? Yeah, man, that's you know, that's one of the most important things that people need to understand when trying to learn about crypto and how this all like came about right? why it got started. So you know, it's important to to realize that at the end of the day, money is simply a belief system, right? So if you go back, you know, hundreds of years before we even had like legitimate governments, whatever, like people would trade um, like a cow for chicken, eggs for whatever, right? 
Mm-hmm. So they would just barter like, okay, this has value. I need that. So you give me this, right? So people would even trade uh, shells was a form of, of money uh, at one point. But what would happen with that, right? Shells, it became kind of uh, not fair, right? People that were closer to the ocean, they had more access to shells. People that were far from the ocean didn't. So that wasn't a very fair system, right? So there was, uh, there have always been changes when it came to what is money, how is money perceived, right? What gives money value, right? So that's when uh, precious metals came into the picture, right? Silver, gold, bronze, all these things. And they were given value because they were scarce, right? They were in a way divisible and it was uh, able to be carried around, right? But the, the most important part was the fact that it was scarce, right? That's, that's one of the most uh, key points when it comes to, to the precious metals, right? So let's skip forward now. And then uh, once people were actually trading this gold, right? Let's say they made uh, gold coins, so they were able to then say, I'll give you this gold coin for your goods and services. Right? So that was going on for a while, but then obviously gold is hard to move around, right? If you needed to carry a large amount of gold, it's very difficult to just carry, you know, let's say uh, $50,000 worth of gold, or right? you would have to carry a lot of weight. You have to be bodybuilder mm-hmm. type, carry all that. <laughs> so once you then face that problem, then you started creating what are called notes. So it's like the second layer on top of that gold. And these notes, we could define them as a dollar bill, right? So the United States used to have uh, in their banks, they would have gold reserves. And for every dollar, there was gold that was backing it, right? So whenever you went to the bank, you said, um, I want to deposit this uh, gold or whatever, then the amount of notes that were given to you that were representing that gold, it was backed by it, right? The amount of gold that was in the bank, it was represented by the pieces of paper that they would give you. So it had that type of like, all right, the bank for sure has this amount that is going to be backing this piece of paper that I'm grabbing. Then in 1971, Richard Nixon decided to basically take the United States off of that gold standard, right? And what did that mean? It meant now that the government could just print money at will and they did not need to have the equivalent amount of gold in the banks, right? So now if the government wanted to print X amount of money, they didn't need to have that gold in there, right? So this was actually supposed to be a temporary experiment that the United States did, right? And it ended up being something that has now gone on since then. They never mm-hmm. looked back. So with that, with the printing of money nonstop uh, since that gold standard was removed is when now we have what's called inflation, where inflation over time, uh, the point of inflation is to devalue our uh, current money. Right? And the reason for that, it actually has a, a good purpose, right? So. Let's say if you have a money or piece of paper or whatever, and every day that passes, it's gaining value. You're not going to want to go out and spend it because why would you if tomorrow it costs more? So then they print more money. That way it loses money every year. I mean, it loses value every year. So you're incentivized to go out into the economy and spend that dollar bill, right? That way the economy starts circulating. Jonathan, you have a service that I want. So I go ahead and give you my dollar bill. Then 
you like somebody else's service, you pass on that dollar bill to that other person. And that's how the money circulates. And that's how those dollar bills start circulating. So inflation in a way is good to keep that uh, monetary supply going throughout the economy and, you know, keeps everything healthy. Now, the problem is when these other uh, things start arising that were hard to kind of predict, right? So let's say uh, one thing that actually happens today in the banks, in the banking system is this thing called a uh, fractional reserve banking. Right? And what that means is, let's say if, if you deposit $100 in the bank, the bank is not required to hold that $100 of mm-hmm. you of yours, right? So they are only required to hold, for the most part, 10%. If they have over $124 million in asset that they are managing or that they're invested in, they only need 10% of that money that you have deposited in there. And the rest, oh, wow. 90% of your money, they can loan it out to people, right? So that's how banks make money for the most mm-hmm. part. They loan money out to people. They gain interest. So whatever interest it could be, 3%, 4%, 5%, right? And then from that interest, they pay you, the person that deposited the money, and you trust them. They pay you a small part of that interest. So for a savings account, it could be like 0.01% which is nothing in comparison to what they're making, right? But that's the whole, uh, the biggest part of the banking system when it comes to their, uh, like the way they make their money. Now, the issue with this fractional reserve banking, right? If everybody at once goes to a bank and tries to withdraw the money that they deposited, the bank is going to say, I'm sorry, we don't have that money. It has been loaned out, right? We just, we don't have it. And we don't have gold to back up that anymore because we were no longer in the gold standard. So what happens there, right? Like people lose their trust in the banks. Like how, how did I have all my money in there? So in some way, when you deposit your money in a bank, it's no longer yours. So it's very important for people to understand that, you know, the way that money gets sent around the economy, it's in my personal opinion, it's sort of scammy. It's like a scam when they're literally using your own money for them to make more money but then whenever if there is a a big crisis which has happened in many other countries where a lot of people go into the bank at once they say i'm sorry we can't do anything about it and that's that's that you just have to accept it right in in zimbabwe it's happened in argentina venezuela right all these countries um where banks and the governments have not used their their monetary policies correctly, you know, it, it has led to these big, big downfalls on to the currency, right? So when it comes then to trusting, that's the biggest part with crypto, right? So the trusting aspect, let's say in 2008, right, with the whole mortgage crisis that happened, yeah. that was because banks were loaning out incredible amounts of money to people that weren't making enough money to pay these loans back. Right. So this is what we're talking about when it comes to the irresponsibility of bankers. Yeah. Right. Um, so as they're loaning these, these money out, they're like, OK, we're making all this money. We're making interest. Um, let's just keep doing it nonstop until something goes wrong. Then everybody goes to a bank, tries to take the money out. They don't have it or people just can't pay the loan back. Right. Everybody that was yeah. getting all these loans for five houses at once, uh, they're not able to pay this money back. So the banks are losing money and then they stop loaning 
more money to people. So it just turns into like this vicious cycle of just things going mm-hmm. wrong. But it all started because the banks just irresponsibly loaning money out to people yeah. nonstop. Right. So then what happened? The stock market started crashing. Um, and in order for the stock market to stop crashing, because it was just spiraling downward, banks were going to go bankrupt. Lehman Brothers went bankrupt. Uh, many other banks were going to go down with it. But the government had to step in and print money. Right. So when it comes to the government printing money, it's so that they could inject it in the system so that then the economy could just come back up, which in a way it helps you know, the majority of us, because if not mm-hmm. our parents, everybody else would have suffered. The majority of citizens yeah. would suffer. But that incentivizes these bad actors or bad uh, things that banks and bank institutions do and incentivizes them to, OK, like, I know I'm kind of too big to fail. So let me continue to do these same things. Mm-hmm. Although after 2008, there were like certain bills and laws that were passed so that this wouldn't happen again. There are still many like uh, fraudulent acts that these big institutions do, like manipulating silver and a bunch of other things. But anyway, so when that occurred in 2009, we get the creation of Bitcoin, right? And this Bitcoin was created on top of this new technology called the blockchain. So Bitcoin was or is uh, trying to be basically a new monetary policy. So when it comes to monetary policy, what I mean is basically the government Right now, the, the monetary policy of the government is keeping inflation at an average of 2% per year and, you know, raising or lowering interest rates. All that stuff together is basically a monetary policy. So when it came to Bitcoin being created, right, we don't know who created it. The person's name, it's a pseudo name, it's Satoshi Nakamoto. They created this technology called blockchain. The first application on top of it was Bitcoin. And it was basically to solve this uh, trust issue that people were facing when it came to the financial system, right? People were kind of waking up and seeing like, okay, all these problems that are happening in banks around the world, um, you know, how, how are people just going to continue to uh, let these bankers or whatever take advantage, right? Because there's not much that a person can do. Like you either, you know, you, you work, you collect your money, you put it in the bank and that's it, right? So you're trusting that the bank has the best intentions for you, but um, a lot of them, I'm sure they do, but then, you know, they also, uh, unfortunately, everybody's human and there is that, that greed emotion, right? Most of humans are controlled by greed and fear. And the fact that banks have so much power with all the money, as much as good intentions as they, as they have, they still have investors that they need to take care of. So if they need to do something shady to keep their stock up, they'll do it even though it'll yeah. damage other uh, people right this was this ha- actually happened with wells fargo where they started creating multiple thousands of fake uh, accounts no just shit. to <laughs> just to make it seem like every quarter they were getting more and more clients even though mm. they were fake there were no real clients and their stock would just keep going up so once that happened they got fined and let's say that their fine was a billion dollars but they make 150 billion a year so that fine is just a slap in the wrist. And then they just continue doing similar stuff. Right. So the point is that trust is incredibly important when it comes to the financial system in general. Right. So then we get into crypto and why it was created. Right. So this Bitcoin uh, thing is basically a paradigm shift 
where this person who created it um, was trying to set a new, basically new rules when it comes to the monetary policy. Mm -hmm. Like I mentioned with our current monetary policy, we are governed by inflation, right? Over time, more and more money gets printed. With Bitcoin, it's the opposite, right? So over time, every four years, there's less Bitcoin that is created. It's called the Bitcoin halving. And which means that the amount of Bitcoin that is found or mined, which we'll get into um, a little bit later, mm -hmm. um, gets cut in half, right? So that's called deflation as opposed to inflation. So over time, that makes it so that the, the Bitcoin itself gets more valuable, right? That's, it makes it more scarce, which is what we talked about earlier when it comes to gold. That's one of the things that we look for when it comes to, you know, something being uh, a money that, that's actually strong, right? Yeah, um, good money. Santi, I wanted to yeah. pause you right there just to make a point just for the listeners that are, um, you know, listening to this. To understand like how crazy it's been in the last like 70 years, uh, this is even before, uh, you know, 1970s the cost of living we i was watching I, and it was interesting I, I saw this right before we did this podcast a new house back then was only eight thousand four hundred and fifty dollars a uh, new car roughly fifteen hundred dollars uh, minimum wage was 75 cents um even to like gallon of gas and then we know a gallon of the you know a gas is just blowing up it was uh, just to imagine that gas was about 18 cents a gallon oh my um, god so literally the money that we made now it, it's it's worth like so much less compared now everything's just blown up and like that's just for people to kind of just put an idea even a mcdonald's hamburger 15 cents a coffee five cents i mean you're talking little fractions of what we pay now we pay easily for a burger at mcdonald's what is i don't know it's like five bucks now for normal sandwich yeah. uh, they used to cause nothing so just so people can keep in mind the what's going on right now even just we'll kind of get into it as well what's been even happening in the last year with uh with covid um how everything's been affected and and i and this will kind of start you know tying in for our listeners but keep going with um where you were at yeah man no exactly you're, you're exactly right and people would say to that like oh yeah but back then uh people would make less money and it's mm -hmm. true like their, their wages were lower but the point is that most wages have not gone up at the same rate that inflation has gone up, right? Mm -hmm. So since 1913, I believe is the year when uh, this whole like the Federal Reserve thing was created and the printing of money and everything started, right? Um, and since then, the value of the dollar has gone down by 95%, I think a little bit more than 95%. Wow. So the reason for that, it's not that, uh, like when, when we say, oh, that the price of a gallon of gas has, it used to be whatever, how many cents, and now it's $3, $4. It's not that gas has gotten like more valuable or that it costs more to just get the gas. It's that the value of the dollar has gone down. So you need more pieces of that paper to buy the same amount, right? So if the four of us, right, if we're create our own country and we only have four pieces of paper, each one of those papers is valued at $1. And then in, all of a sudden, let's say I'm the, I'm the ruler of this new country and I decide to put in four more new pieces of paper, but I give them to myself, not to you guys. Now there's eight pieces of paper in, in the market between all four, but I have most of them. But now since they're eight, all of the dollars, now 
have been cut by half in value. So what you guys used to buy with that one piece of paper, now you need two of them to buy mm -hmm. it. It's not that everything else got more expensive. It's that your dollars are now worth less. Mm -hmm. So that's that's important for people to to understand too. It's not so much that, yeah, like, oh, now a banana at a, at a grocery store is costing, you know, 50 cents more than last year. The banana didn't get like, better any better yeah it's just literally the your banana, dollars are the banana doesn't value. have more doesn't have more potassium as a result it's just the same banana <laughs> right exactly so a good economy at the end of the day is if the the amount of, of money being put into the system is keeping up with basically the productivity of that economy right as the as the economy is producing things uh innovating you know actually making the the entire whole better then, you know, things will go up in value naturally as things get better. But the problem is when the supply of money coming in is not meeting that uh, the pace of productivity, if productivity is stable and there's a bunch of money coming in, then your money is just losing value, which makes everything go up. But not because everything's getting more valuable. It's simply your money is actually losing, uh, losing purchasing power. So that's where a lot of people get hurt, right? The uh, top 50% of Americans in the country that are invested in the stock market and in real estate and gold uh, and in crypto, right? They are doing good because assets, those assets continue to, to go up. The bottom 50% that don't know how to invest, that they have no idea what a stock is. They just, you know, they've never quite learned any of this. Mm -hmm. They're the ones that are getting hurt because they could have $100,000 in their bank account, but if it's just sitting there doing nothing, every year it's going to lose purchasing power. So as of now, we're a little over 5% in inflation, which is pretty high. We normally wanted 2% inflation per year uh, and 2% rate of inflation. Mm -hmm. So let's say right now that we're at around 5%. Anybody who has, let's say, $100 in their bank account, by the end of the year, that will have a purchasing power of $95, right? And it's not going to say in their bank account, oh, you have 95. It's just that now those $100 is going to be able to buy $95 worth instead of what they could buy last year. Right. So yeah, that's why it's so important for people to understand that whole uh, inflation aspect. This was a big, this was a big moment for me because I know uh, we come from, you know, our parents, you know, immigrated to the United States for the most part. Um, and th their mindset of money is completely different than obviously how we're viewing it now. They didn't teach us anything, I guess, um, with bad intentions. They just, we just, they just don't know. They don't know at that time. Um, and the motto for a lot of us was work hard, save your money and uh, try to live uh, under your means as best as you can, which is sound advice. I mean, for the most part, you'll do okay, depending also what you do for work. But we know now that just like you just said, having that money just sitting there, we talked about this years ago, and I didn't fully grasp the concept. And this is why I'm like, super excited for people to if they if this is new for them, I want them to save themselves some time is that I was stacking up money, putting it away, thinking that was the right thing to do, which sure, at that time in my life, maybe but looking back now, how much life has changed in the last couple of years, how much that money could have been working for me versus me having to make more of that of that paper just to kind of keep up with you know life exactly man yeah and of course people still need to have you know money in the bank for their bills and emergency funds everything like we're not telling anybody to go out and invest everything because regardless investing is uh does carry its risk right even in real estate which people consider to be safe look what happened in 2008 right a lot of people mm -hmm. lost their homes lost their investments so it's still 
something uh, to always, you know, consider when it comes to the risks that come along with it. But it's definitely um, important, especially if you're young, to be invested, right? The, the younger you are, the more risk you can take, because if something does go south, then you have plenty of time to, you know, make up for it. Now, mm -hmm. if you're about to retire and you have your money in a 401k or something, then I don't, don't recommend you just jumping in and going crazy with the risk, right? That's very, don't very different. Don't, don't buy Doge or Shiva coins, just <laughs> risking it all. <laughs> exactly, man. Yeah, but so everybody I, has their own to their risk tolerance. I didn't even follow. Of course. And we're going to definitely get in some takeaways for our listeners uh, for some investing things stuff that, you know, you advise me. And I think that's super helpful, but I kind of wanted to get into, we kind of already kind of brushed up on where uh, crypto started. Well, bull Bitcoin and, and the, 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 basically the number one coin of crypto. Is that correct? Something Bitcoin is the number one coin right now is the, it's the main yeah. coin where everything started um, kind of where that, you know, you, we talked about like, the person you use an alias smart person um to create this now what what about what it what is it and how um why is it so powerful we kind of talked about a little bit about inflation deflation i kind of paused you there but kind of like mm -hmm. to get back on there i wanted the, the listeners to understand this is where the 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 power of that of that currency comes in and then specifically mm -hmm. i've always wondered this i've looked this up many times and i've never fully grasped it what the fuck is a blockchain perfect <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna get into it <laughs> there you go so we'll start from there um so like i mentioned this satoshi nakamoto person invented this new technology right called the blockchain so the way that we could think of a blockchain is uh let's let's go back to the bank scenarios right when we deposit money in a bank the bank has what's called the ledger um and a ledger is basically a book that just keeps notes of all the transactions that are coming into the bank, right? So mm. Jonathan deposited $10, Santiago deposited 20, whatever. Um, and it's just keeping track of all of these different transactions. These ledgers have existed forever before the internet, before we had uh, digital stuff. Um, like for our parents, they would go to the bank and the ledger would be literally a book and the banker would write down the quantity that they had in the bank account and that's it, right? They would come back and they would pull out the book and say, okay, you want this amount? Then they would just do everything by hand. Now in the banks, they basically have this, that same thing, but now it's digital. And blockchain is basically that same exact thing, but it's the, the genius behind it is the fact that it's decentralized, right? So a bank has one centralized source where that ledger exists, right? And their computers, wherever they keep that, um, but it's only in one specific area of their business. Now, the blockchain, when it was created, um, every single computer that connected to it. So at first, let's say it was one computer by Satoshi Nakamoto. He launched that uh, technology, the blockchain. That computer was the first node. We call it a node to start securing that Bitcoin network. And so as that node is active, that computer is just running, trying to solve this problem. And when it solves this problem, it gets rewarded by Bitcoin. Now, when it was first created, every 10 minutes is when this problem was, was solved. And after those 10 minutes, the computer that solved that problem would get rewarded 50 Bitcoin. Four years after that, it actually, it was 2012, the Bitcoin reward 
gets cut by half. So now instead of every 10 minutes, <laughs> computers getting rewarded 50 Bitcoin, they get rewarded 25 Bitcoin, right? So the more and more computers start connecting to this Bitcoin network, right? The more and more secure the network becomes, right? Because the fact that each computer is trying to solve these problems or whatever, they're actually uh, verifying all of the transactions that are coming through, right? So when you go to the bank, the teller is the one who is verifying the transaction, making sure you're not uh, fraudulent or whatever. And that's the job of the bank to make sure that all the transactions are coming through are legit. So these computers that are connected to the Bitcoin network is doing that same job without the need of a bank. So they are verifying that to make sure that all these transactions are legit. And every single computer that is connected to this network has a copy of all of the previous blocks. So as I mentioned, every 10 minutes, a new block gets created, right? Every time that the reward gets given out to a computer, that block gets saved and gets pushed back, attached to all of the previous blocks. So all the 10 minutes prior since Bitcoin's existence, it exists in the blockchain right now. And you could see every single transaction that has ever occurred on that blockchain. So it's extremely transparent, right? You can't go to a bank, to their website anywhere and see, I want to see what this mm -hmm. person spends on this year. On block on Bitcoin, the Bitcoin, you could do that. You could go, I forget the, the website, but it's public for the entire world. Uh, and you could see every single transaction that has ever occurred, right? So going back now, every 10 minutes that the computer solved this uh, problem, that block gets created and it gets attached to the previous block. That's why, hence the name blockchain, right? So did I answer your question? I forgot what your question was. Oh yeah, yeah. so yeah. you what, said what, 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 what is blockchain? a blockchain? Mm -hmm. Exactly, yeah. so that's exactly what, uh, hence the name blockchain, right? So um, let me see what, okay. So then the fact, like I said, the fact that every computer that's connected to it, they have an incentive, right? So that's, the person who created this had to know about finance, had to know about macroeconomics, had to know about human psychology, about crypto, uh, like cryptography. It was crazy the amount of stuff he had to know because he had to find a way to incentivize people to keep this network secure. But why would a person want to secure a network if they didn't get anything back? So, okay, I'll reward them with this random Bitcoin. At first, it was worth nothing, right? The first time that one node was created, this person said it live, it was worth like 0. 0.0008 cents, like less than one penny. And slowly it just started, you know, picking up steam. Like people started connecting to it. At first, it was like the, the really nerdy people online who just wanted to use it for things online that really had no value. And over time, it just started picking up steam and people are like, okay, let me connect to it and let me just get this digital currency, right? And the more people connected to it organically, nobody was uh, marketing mm -hmm. it, nobody was doing anything. It became stronger and stronger. Now it's at a point where it's literally the strongest and most secure uh, computer network in the world. Like Google doesn't have this security, Facebook doesn't have the security. It's uh, almost impossible, or I would say impossible right now to hack the Bitcoin network. If you want to hack it, you would have to hack every single computer that is connected to the, the network all at once, or at least 51%, uh, that way you could get control of it. And even if you did do that, if you managed to do that, which would take more money than the money you would get out of it, 
then the Bitcoin network would do what's called a fork, which would basically leave all the previous blocks behind, keep a copy of them and go in a different direction. So the hacker would just stay with like a, a, value, a valueless blockchain and the entire yeah. network would just move somewhere else. So yeah. the whole idea behind it, when it comes to the blockchain, that's why it's so powerful. And when people understand really how it works, you know, it's, it's crazy. Like that banks, yeah. banks are, uh, I'm sure they are a little fearful when it comes to this because it is literally a way that uh, you can make transactions without the need of banks. So, mm. you know, just like Uber disrupted taxis, Airbnb disrupted hotels, you know, the blockchain Netflix. or Bitcoin specifically. Yeah. Netflix disrupted, you know, theaters and stuff like that. Blockbuster. Um, Bitcoin Buster. can be a big disruptor to you know, the financial system and banks. Yeah. Yeah. Respect <laughs> Blockbuster. <laughs> RIP, man. Um, I remember those weekends. Go ahead, Mike. So, well, yeah, I was going to say, what's the, um, like, what's kind of keeping, in your opinion, what's kind of keeping cryptocurrency or Bitcoin more specifically, if, if we're just going to strictly talk about that, from becoming more mainstream? Because right now, it, it kind of seems to just be something to invest in, right? Where we're just like, let me just put like 100 bucks in every once in a while. And then if I make a good decision... I'll check back in a couple months and it'll be worth a little bit more money. Mm -hmm. um, so it's kind of like that's tends to be what most people are using it for right now, right? It's just investing. They're trying to make like a short-term gain of some kind. So like what's the difference or maybe what would be the difference that would make this like a more viable <clears throat> currency instead of just an investment? Does that, does that question make sense? Yeah, yeah, 100%. And this is a question that comes up, you know, tons and tons when it comes to people talking about it. And yeah, it's a, it's a great question because as of now, so what I mentioned earlier, right? Like if we have a dollar bill that every day goes up in value, why would you want to spend it? It makes no sense. So same thing with Bitcoin right now. If you have it and you expect it to go so much higher, why would you want to spend it? And that's completely you know fair. That's a, a fair question. And I think right now, Bitcoin is not in a point to be used as a currency and to other people's points as well, from all the other current uh, cryptocurrencies that exist right now, there are other ones that are trying to compete. Um, but the biggest thing with, with Bitcoin is that security, right? That secured network that we spoke about. So as of now, Bitcoin is seen more as a store of value, right? So for people that don't understand what store of value is, it's like uh, when you think that your money is at risk of losing value due to inflation or the stock market going down, in the past, investors would rush into gold because gold was a form of uh, for them to keep currency. Yeah, like uh, not so much that, but like they knew that gold was going to keep its value right? because they know mm -hmm. it's scarce. They know it's there. They know it's uh, it's not going to go anywhere. Right. Um, so it's a form to just maintain the value of your currency, of your, of your money. So Bitcoin has basically those same principles as gold. Right. It's scarce. It's divisible. Um, it's actually much more divisible than gold and much more portable than gold. So in yeah. a sense, it's it's better than gold. The thing that people can't wrap their heads around is the fact, yeah, like it's non non-tangible. But like we mentioned earlier, when it comes to these new monetary systems or new technologies, a lot of it is it comes down to a belief system. That's really what any type of money is. Yeah. So kind of to answer uh, your question though, like what 
keeps it from going mainstream. I don't think we're going to have Bitcoin become like a, a transaction money anytime soon. They, they are doing it. Like they bought houses with it already, cars, like you could buy coffee a lot of places. But again, if you think that the money, that the value of it is going to go up in a month, you're going to be pretty pissed if you bought Starbucks coffee one day and then you realize a year from now that that same amount of Starbucks now is worth a thousand dollars that you're like wasted, yeah. right? Like in, <laughs> yeah. back in like 2011, somebody used like 10,000 Bitcoin to buy one pizza and that <laughs> it, it was worth like, like $30 back then uh, for that, for the 10,000 Bitcoin, it was like 30 bucks. So now that person, imagine how they're feeling. Yeah. Oh, so no. That, that guy's got a funny story, though. <laughs> yeah, man. So That's something you just got to laugh at. But yeah, I've seen, I've seen like, you know, like little stickers and windows of some stores that say like Bitcoin accepted or Ethereum accepted or whatever. So like it is happening, but I guess that that makes so much sense that it's kind of what my head was thinking, but you put it in a way that I never would have thought to say it where I'm like, I'd rather have it just sit there and accrue value until like, in my case, I had some money in a couple different uh, cryptocurrencies and it built value over time. And then I saw a WRX in a car lot and I was like, that has more value to me than this stuff sitting in my account over here. So I made an exchange financially and you know turned it into currency and blah, 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 and did yeah. the purchase. But I guess that's, that's an interesting way of putting it. And it's not something that immediately came to mind when I thought of that as a question, but it sounds like an obvious answer now that you said it that way. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. But no, man. Yeah. yeah like, like, like I said, a lot of people um, have that question. Even so this past weekend, uh, there's this guy who's been in Bitcoin for a long time called uh, Anthony Pompliano. I follow him a lot. He's a big uh, like spokesperson for Bitcoin basically. And he has a lot of followers on Twitter and he like tweeted this thing out. I don't know, something about Bitcoin and Mark Cuban hopped on board and kind of bashing it a little. And everybody who's on, in Bitcoin started uh, kind of going off on Mark Cuban. So then they did this call, this thing called Space, I don't, Spaces. I don't even know that that existed in Twitter where it's like uh, you could hop on and actually talk like we're oh, doing wow. now, but without video on Twitter. So Mark Cuban was talking about it and he brought that same topic up about how Bitcoin, it, he sees it as the best store of value um, basically he said like, it's the best store of value anybody has created. Um, you could put your money in there and see it grow over time. But when it comes to it being a money as of right now, yeah. to transact, it's not, uh, the best. So he says something like Dogecoin, for example, that could be used as money. And I could see that. And that's where we, I'm sure we were going to talk about later other cryptocurrencies, but a lot of people get hurt when they see all these little coins, for example, like Dogecoin. Dogecoin could be a great technology, right, for transacting value yeah. from one side to, of the world to another. Yeah. But people look at it as an investment, and that's where they could get in trouble. They think that it's because it's 30 cents, 40 cents, however much it costs now for one Dogecoin. They think that it could go to like $100, and that's not going to happen, right? There's a lot of things behind what decides how much uh, an asset is worth, like how much of it exists, right? So for Bitcoin, one thing that we didn't mention there's only ever going to be 21 million Bitcoin created ever. That's just part of the code. And that can't be changed. No government can change it. Not one mm. person. Um, for Dogecoin, there's, I think, uh, trillions of the coins that are in circulation. Right? So that's why the price of it is so low. Right. So when you have a lot of something, the price is going to be lower as opposed to when there's scarcity. 
that we talked about earlier. So something that has a lot of it can be used as transaction. And, you know, you don't have to worry about the price going up the next day by, by a whole bunch. Yeah, that, w- that was one of the things I learned very quickly because I saw these small numbers of value of like, oh, this one only costs like a tenth of a penny or whatever. And I'm like, mm-hmm. sweet, I'm going to make it fucking big. I'm going to buy mm-hmm. a fucking yacht. And I didn't realize <laughs> there's basically an infinite supply of these things. And in order for it to become valuable to any degree, the, the market value of that coin, in order for it to reach like a hundred dollars or something like that, it would, it would bypass like the, the global economy by a exactly. very wide margin. And mm-hmm. that's just never, ever, ever going to happen unless exactly. something catastrophic happens. Exactly. No, I'm exactly. glad, I'm glad, I'm glad, no, I'm glad that you go. put that. Uh, no, just uh, real quick. I wanted to, to make a point for people listening. So we're going to, we are going to mention some of these smaller coins. You just brought up Doge and uh, we, we can talk about some that are kind of relevant right now, but when it comes to, you know, you're not using it to buy Starbucks or a pizza, right? You're using uh, that you're using with the mindset you should go into it with just Bitcoin itself. We can even talk about Ethereum, like these coins that are more stable. Uh, you were, I know we, we can even cover something you that made a kind of ingrained in my brain is that when you're looking at these coins, you want to look at why Bitcoin has so much security, so much value is because of all these things it's, it has kind of backing it. Um, and look at it from that long-term game. Like this is um, by no means, um, I want the listeners to, that you're not aware is that this is not a get rich quick scheme. I mean, over time, it's going to, it can turn into something very lucrative for you, but it's not just, you're going to get in. Uh, you don't you don't get into these type of investments just to become a millionaire the next day. It doesn't work like that. And I think that's where people kind of are clashing because they see we're going to talk about like how, why it just even goes up and down so much. But um, people freak out about it. And just like, like we are a fitness podcast, we talk about this all the time. And I think this is why like I like it so much, because when we're talking just weight loss. It doesn't happen overnight. You don't just become skinny, ripped and and lean like overnight just because you started eating one day of healthy foods. It's a string of all these events and you're going to see these peaks and valleys, some more than others. But overall, the trend in weight loss is down overall with investments. You kind of want to see the peaks and valleys, but going up over time. And this is kind of what you'll see um, when you get into any type of investment um, when stuff is going overall good in the long term. Exactly, man. Yeah. And that's, that's a great point because that's unfortunately, again, going back to psychology, like um, when I first started this whole, you know, me getting really uh, deep dive into this whole crypto thing, I first started learning about stocks, right? Like how the stock market works, how to invest, how to trade, what are options, like everything. And you quickly learn how the entire market revolves around psychology. The reason why a stock goes up, it's because more people are buying it at that particular moment than people that are selling it. When a stock goes down, there's many more people that are selling it as opposed to the people that are buying. What causes people to sell? It's usually fear or you know they need to sell because they need the money for their kids, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's obviously many reasons, but the point is that people sell usually due to fear and people buy due to greed. And in crypto, you can't you can't think of how much greed there is when you see these prices go up and that's where a lot of people get hurt because they don't understand the fundamentals of how it works right so what i mentioned about understanding how the blockchain works how powerful it is um how bitcoin only has a very scarce amount of it 
there is over 7 billion people in the world. So obviously not every single person is going to be able to have one Bitcoin because there's only 21 million. So the scarcity is a huge part of why the price goes up. But now why I mentioned the whole greed and fear thing is um, every four years, like I said, is when the Bitcoin supply that gets rewarded to the miners gets cut in half. And that's called a supply shock. Usually around 18 months after this happens, after this Bitcoin happens, is when we see these massive rallies, right? So in 2017, 2016 was when we had the Bitcoin halving and 2017 is when we saw that parabolic rise from $1,000 all the way up to $20,000. I remember like in Thanksgiving of 2017, like it started going up, everybody and their mother were talking about like, oh my God, I need to get in, I need to get in. And it was already up to like 17,000, 18,000. So that's greed. That's everybody like, I want more, I want money, I want money, I want money. And that's when you hear everybody talking like that, you need to start getting scared. You need to start thinking, all right, this might be at a top. So it might sell off soon. Usually the big investors, the people who have been in the game for a while, they already are veterans with this. So they'll start selling when everybody wants to get in and they're selling large amounts, which then puts uh, pressure downward. And that's when things start coming down. So the people that got in at the top that were super hyped and, oh my God, I'm going to get rich so fast. They have no idea how it works. They don't know why they got in. They just were told by a friend that they have to buy in order to get rich. And then when they see the price coming down, they get super scared. So they sell. So it adds on to even more selling pressure. More, and so it goes down even more and more and more. So it just becomes a domino effect, right? So again, it's very important to understand for any type of investment, not just crypto, why you're investing in it. That way, if it does go down, then you're, you're calm and you're actually, no, I believe in this uh, wholeheartedly. I'm actually going to buy more as it's coming down because now it's cheaper. I could get more mm -hmm. of it right over yep. time as opposed to i can't believe i invested this now i have less money like what do i do no like if you're investing in something it's because you know you you want to hold it for the long term sure a lot of people trade and they make money and i and i trade in the stock market but i just trade companies and i don't really care about like their fundamentals like i'm just you know doing it for very short periods of time which is very risky as well but for something like like bitcoin that i understand a lot in the blockchain you know i'm in myself, in my opinion, I think it's going to uh, be around for a very long time, which is why I'm, I've been, you know, accumulating over time and just, you know, letting, letting it do its thing, right? And these cycles are going to continue. Right? So we had the previous Bitcoin halving last year. And we're now, that's why now, in my belief, we're hitting, we hit that supply shock. So we're going back up uh, parabolic pretty soon, even though we went from 20,000 to 64,000. We just broke above that uh, like yesterday or two days ago. Mm -hmm. um, so we might see much higher prices soon. And we're going to see this euphoria again soon where everybody's going to hop in. Mm -hmm. This time, it might be also institutions. Now, the uh, what's called an ETF in the stock market yeah. for Bitcoin got accepted. So this might cause the price to even go much higher because now bigger players are going to come on board with like not just thousands of dollars, but hundreds of millions of dollars are going to start yeah. pouring in. And again, because it's so scarce, it'll uh, shoot the price very quickly, very fast, mm -hmm. um, and very high. So people need to be wary that uh, just because something is going up and it seems like it's not stopping, it doesn't mean yeah. it's not going to stop. So this, the same crash scenario can occur maybe next year, a year, uh, or like a whole year from now, maybe we could see another huge crash. But it's not going to come back down to $3,000 like it did in 2017. The next yeah. low could be maybe 
50,000, 60,000, where we're at now, depending on how high we go, right? So absolutely it's important to understand that. I think that is a very uh, critical there. Uh, something that really stands out is just taking your emotions out of it. Try to be as objective when you're looking at data, looking at numbers, looking at information that's coming in and you're looking at stuff happening. Start learning, I guess, the patterns and trends of how your fundamentals come from actual just like watching our stock market, I'm assuming, Santi, and then you kind of can translate some of these principles over to kind of also a little bit of the differences that happen with uh, with crypto. But understanding those things are important. This is no different. You know, like I always reference, I, I, I my brain always goes fitness, but it's understanding that like you can't get emotional stepping on the scale and seeing your weight change. It's going to happen. It's just part of the process. But if you just stick to your guns, you believe in what you're doing. You're, 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 you're being consistent. You're a consistent investor. You're going to see a good long-term return. Um, you just have to t- do your absolute best, take your feelings out of it because it's very easy to, freak out after a spike or, or, you know, in this case with, with money, get excited because of a spike, but then you get freaked out when you see that, you know, drop a couple, like, I remember when I just started up, you know, really recent. So this is why I wanted to have you on. Cause I'm super green and I'm learning, I'm kind of re solidifying the stuff that we like talked about. But when I started seeing that thing drop after I'm like, Oh damn, like no <laughs> kidding. But then everything's going good right now, but we're also expecting, okay, cool. This is nice. Um, maybe slow down with how much I'm putting in right now because of the, how much it's, it's how expensive it's getting, but maybe when I get, see it go down, that's when I'm excited and I'm ready versus I'm getting freaked out and I want to sell. I'm going to actually be able to be, okay, I'm going to put more into it because I bought into stuff that I feel comfortable with. And we'll kind of talk about that, but you know, it's understanding, like you have to change your mindset going into this. And I'm not expecting to wake up one day and just be living on a yacht. It's like, this is future, long-term. We're still young. So if you, depending on where you're at, I know our demographics roughly around 30 years old. Um, you know, you still have a lot of time in the game. So, I mean, this is a, a wonderful opportunity. Yeah, man, exactly. And yeah, so like you, like you mentioned about, you know, a lot of the fundamentals being picked up from the stock market, it definitely, definitely helped. Um, but what most people, you know, when it comes to crypto, especially, again, I want to touch back up on the whole supply aspect that's yeah. a big part that i picked up from the stock market right like you know if we see two stocks that are similar like let's say two banks the bank of america and, and goldman sachs or whatever one stock could be worth 20 bucks the other one could be worth 100 bucks mm. it doesn't necessarily mean uh that one stock is more valuable than the other when i say that one is worth 20 and one is worth 100 i'm talking about the stock price yeah but what's the amount of money that could be invested in both could be the same. This, this example I'm using is not accurate. Um, and like, if you look at the, the, both of those stocks, they don't have the same amount of money invested, but just, I'm just using that example. Yeah. Um, the price that you see in your phone, when you're looking at one coin versus the other, just because one coin is cheaper. Um, it doesn't mean that that's a good investment, right? So people need to keep that in mind. That's one of the, most basic things when it comes to uh, economics is supply and demand, right? I keep touching up on that. The more there is of something and the less demand there is, then it's going to make the price go down, right? Or even if there is a lot of something and a lot of demand, if there's too much of that supply, the price is going to be very hard for it to go up, right? Mm -hmm. Um, 
So like Mike mentioned earlier, you know, for one of those coins that are less than a penny, if it wants it to go to $10, $100, it's going to require more money that exists right now in the entire world. So mm -hmm. uh, people need to be very careful with that because, you know, you see Bitcoin, a lot of people ask me, oh, is it worth it right now for me to invest in Bitcoin? And I tell them, look, right now there's 18 million, a little over 18 million of those coins in circulation for Bitcoin. And the market capitalization, meaning how much money has been invested in Bitcoin, right now is a little over $1 trillion. That's how much money has been placed into Bitcoin. And that money divided by the amount of coins in circulation is what gives it this current value of $65,000 where we're at. So if people think that Bitcoin is the next best store of value, which it seems like a lot of the smartest people around the world, even Mark Cuban saying it, all these really, really uh, smart people are saying that this definitely is a very good store of value and it could take uh, the spot of gold. And right now gold's market cap, uh, the market capitalization is at around 9 trillion to 10 trillion or so. That's mm -hmm. how much money has been invested into the gold market around the world. So if Bitcoin reaches this gold market cap of around 10 trillion, Right. It would be 10 times its current price. So right now we're at 1 trillion for Bitcoin, give or take, of how much money has been invested in it. So if it goes to 10 trillion, that means that it would 10 times uh, its price from where it's at right now. So if it's at oh, 60,000, wow. for example, let's say we could see it go to 600,000. Right. So when people ask me, is it worth it? You know, but then they'll say, oh, but this other coin is one cent. Well, this other coin that's one cent could already have a billion dollars invested in it, but the supply of it is one trillion of those coins. Mm -hmm. Then you know that's that's the part that people need to kind of do their homework in. Yeah, it's kind of hard to just understand it by me just saying it one time. You have to go in and really understand how that correlation uh, leads to the price movement between one and another. Right? It's yeah, it's important. So just because you see a high price, it doesn't mean that it can't go much higher. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that people that are listening, I know it's a lot of information. You can pause, go back, rewind, listen to it again over, you know, a couple of times, go through it, take notes, because this is a lot of free information that you're getting about something that's potentially very good for your future. So just wanted to make a quick point there for people. Um, so we covered uh, kind of, you know, what is money, you know, kind of what is the crypto where is it kind of what it came from? Um, why is it even relevant uh, for for anyone that's like thinking about it? Um, we explained obviously like our, our current situation. Uh, what we talked, we explained blockchain, uh, kind of what is what is looking like potential. Uh, you know, just hypothetical numbers, um, which seem to be a really high chance. Um, go ahead, Mike. Well, go ahead and finish your recap so that it's nice and concise for the show notes, which you can scroll down for. By the way. <laughs> um, so I wanted to go into and uh, I wanted to cover uh, the investment piece of it. I think that um, this is a pretty good understanding. Unless, Asante, you have anything else to add to kind of solidify, you know, just the basics of, uh, you know, crypto or, or Bitcoin. And we've been really hammering crypto. Mm -hmm. I kind of want to get into, um, you know, the who should be investing uh, in this um, and then we can kind of um, get into um, the diff some of the different coins and we can not, there's so many out there right now, but cover like the main ones that you know the most about and that people can kind of understand even like the smaller coins, the high risk versus more of a safe investment strategy. And then yeah. 
just to put it out there so I don't forget to mention it, there's like a billion different apps that you can use to mm, trade okay. crypto. Maybe we can talk about that as well because I've got like three or four on my phone and I don't know which one's the best one. Yeah. Oh, so when can, it comes... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'll answer that one uh, first since that's, I think, the most uh, concise one. I mean, so just like the same thing, how there are a lot of platforms to trade in the stock market. So you have like Merrill Lynch, which is Bank of America, or TD Ameritrade. Uh, they use a platform called Thinkorswim. All of them provide the same service, which is access to the stock market. And you'll get access to all of the stocks, right? Facebook, Apple. And it doesn't really matter which one um, you choose. The only difference between them is that maybe one of them will charge you a little higher fee than the other one. And same thing with crypto, right? So you have Coinbase. That's the one I recommend to people the most because it's so just user-friendly. It's very easy to use. It's what I have. You download it. Yeah. Yeah, you just download it. You connect your bank and you're pretty much ready to go. You just click on whatever coin it is that you're looking at. It'll... Say it'll have a button to buy, a button to sell. And when you press buy, it'll say, how much do you want? You could either choose a dollar amount or the actual amount of that crypto that you want to buy. Um, and you just buy it. So it's it's that simple. Um, now, when it comes to the different uh, apps, like I mentioned, a lot of it is a fee. So for Coinbase, I think, let's say for $1,000, um, I think they charge around $14 for a fee. But... Coinbase also has its other app called Coinbase Pro, where it's a little bit more advanced. Um, it'll show you more of like the trading features, like moving averages and stuff like that. Mm. And for every uh, maybe $1,000 that, uh, that you invest, they'll charge you like $3 fee instead of the $14. So okay. it's not as user-friendly, but it's still, you know, anybody could learn it pretty easily as well. So if you don't, you know, if, if you do care about those fee charges, then that's the only thing I, I would suggest, you know, just look around to see which one has the, the lower fees. But yeah. if you don't mind that fee, then, you know, I think Coinbase is pretty good. Gemini is also good. BlockFi, actually BlockFi is one that I use not so much for buying the crypto, but they recently came out with a Bitcoin credit card. So I used to have like my Bank of America card that have like cash rewards. Um, so they would give me cash back, right? Every time I would make a purchase, like whatever, 2%. And now with the Bitcoin uh, rewards card from BlockFi, every time you make a purchase, you actually get Bitcoin back instead of cash. So mm, since I, cool. you know, anytime I go to a grocery, whatever restaurant, I just use that card and then I get Bitcoin back instead of cash. And over time that Bitcoin appreciates as the, as the price goes up with Bitcoin. So that's actually how, um, I've told my brother about it and his girlfriend and they, they got involved with it. I think they, you know, got, got into that uh, Bitcoin credit card as well. So some people that might be afraid of investing in Bitcoin for whatever reason, you know, they could apply it to that card and they won't be investing. They'll just do their regular daily purchases and accumulate a little bit of Bitcoin like that through their everyday mm -hmm. living. Well, by that's pretty cool. Yeah. And going, going back to what you said earlier about the dollar going down by 5% this year, any cash back mm -hmm. you're getting is worth 5% less than it used to be. And Bitcoin's value is going up. So that's like cash back, exactly. but better. Yeah. I'm actually going to fucking sign up for that because I like yeah. it. It's nice. I was, I was also going to run this by you real quick, just before we get into the coins. Uh, I know crypto.com became is blowing up right now. They're even sponsored yeah. with the UFC. 
um they're 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 sponsoring the ufc and like they're coming everywhere the little lion the little whatever they have on the the symbol but um they have card they have systems too that you can you kind of like play with the currency and you can kind of like i guess use it on daily purchases as well like a debit card and i think you do get some type of pushback too with it like um some good reward uh features there i don't know if you've uh, dealt with it or like seen it no, so I haven't used theirs, but yeah, there's so a lot of companies are a lot of crypto companies are coming out with that same type of feature, and I'm sure you know many more will. But BlockFi, from what I know, is one of the first ones that you know started that. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Coinbase is coming out, I think, with like a debit card. Yeah, when it are. comes to it. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think they are just gonna. As of now, I don't, I haven't seen that it's like Bitcoin Cash back thing. Yeah, um, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna no, look no, into no. that one as well. <laughs> Holy cow! Yeah. Yeah, man. No, there's a there's a lot a lot of opportunity, and so for people also that buy uh, crypto, let's say BlockFi, and there's other uh, platforms as well. But the one I use is uh, BlockFi, so that's the only one I could really talk about. Um, they, if you transfer, let's say your crypto, let's say you buy it through Coinbase, and you transfer it over to BlockFi, they pay you interest just for holding it there, right? So mm. BlockFi acts sort of like a bank, right? In in the like a crypto bank where they would loan your crypto out to other big players, other institutions. And because they loan your crypto out, then you make interest on that loan. So you can make anywhere from four and a half percent to 5%, depending on what crypto it is that you have sitting there. And so I have some of my portfolio just sitting there and every day, you know, you, it'll tell you how much uh, crypto you're getting accrued. And by the end of the month, they pay it out to you and you could choose if you want to get paid out, in the same crypto that you have sitting there, or you could choose another one. And that's another great way to make that passive income when it comes to uh, crypto with those, with those wow. companies. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. Like my, my brain is just like doing like, just like imagining that. And the fact that, you know, it's under, it's once you understand how to make time work for you, because this is the biggest thing we the very common way to make money is you just work more, trade more time for that <laughs> currency right uh dude it's like it just you're kind of bypassing a lot of these features uh or a lot of the traditional ways um that you would be investing normally it takes a very long time very small like gradual increase which is still working in your favor but you know just seeing that like instantly you're getting this you know over time it's it's growing at such a rapid rate as you said what was it five or eight percent something yeah um it depends which coin you're holding but from four 0.5%. You're talking about like the accrued interest on your coins? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From 4.5 to 5, some have 7%. And just, and just imagine 7. Let's just say 7. And that we're saying that right now inflation is at like, on average, you would say 2 to 3% a year is like what they would yeah. want to keep it at. Just imagine if it was like right there. You're you're getting at a 5 or 7% interest. You're still like, appreciate, you're getting more versus losing those 2 to 3%. Uh, with just having it in your savings um, just for people to wrap their mind around like the power of just that, that compound effect though, that's going to happen in the next 10 years that you do this consistently. It's crazy. Exactly. Exactly. And that's on top of the coin increasing in value as well. Right. So yep. that 7%, if it, if it were just a hundred dollars, the coin never changed from hundred dollars, you'd be getting 7%, you know, $7 mm-hmm. every year forever. Mm-hmm. But 
now then the coin goes up to 200 now that's seven percent you know now that you have 200 dollars because that coin increased in value now it's 14 dollars mm-hmm. now it goes to 300 then it's 21 dollars. so it just keeps compounding on top of itself as mm-hmm. the coin continues to go up so you know it's einstein said something like that about like how uh, the eighth wonder of the world is like compound interest or like, and <laughs> the people that understand it take advantage and the people that don't like, like lose, lose that on it. Yeah. yeah. So it's important, man. Yeah. It's really big. So uh, Santi, I want to dive into kind of like, I know that you're a big fan uh, just by talking with you personally, you bet you've guided me to kind of just go into Bitcoin secure, uh, stable first of its kind, basically. Um, and then uh, the other one that's very big is Ethereum, which is where I have most of my uh, investments as of right now. Um, kind of what I wanted to touch on that. If you had any other like coins that you would uh, see and then kind of, I guess we can get into a little bit on like the safer routes that people can take. So I know people are going to be still hesitant. They may need to listen to a bit more times of just different conversations or listen to this over again. It's feeling comfortable with taking that step because I know that was the biggest thing for me. It's like, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't fully understand this. Um, but, you know, seeing you go through it for years, um, obviously, I luckily have a connection with someone that I trust and they can kind of, you're guiding me and making sure that, okay, dude, like this is kind of how it is. You broke it down for me. And I'm like, okay, I'm down. So if someone's kind of ready to do the same, what should they start kind of looking at? Yeah, man. So I would tell them the same thing as you. And that's what I really tell anybody. So even at my job, when they ask me about it, I say, you know, Bitcoin um, is, I would say, the safest bet, even if there is a big crash. Like, I'm sure there will be again. Bitcoin will for sure be around no matter what. Like, Bitcoin's not going anywhere. The only way that Bitcoin can get stopped at this point is if the entire global Internet just gets shut down, which if that were to happen, we have bigger issues Problems to worry away. about <laughs> yeah. yeah that we have to worry about our food how we're going to get food so that's the last <laughs> of my worries when it comes to bitcoin going away take my china food but has... not my crypto <laughs> <laughs> exactly man so china has banned bitcoin like over 15 times since its inception and then they like take it they say okay never mind you could you could mine it again so whatever this year they decided to to ban it again the united states uh couple of weeks ago, they asked like the SEC chairman if they had any plans to ban Bitcoin. They said, no, we can't do that. Um, we don't even have the power to do that, I guess. Like maybe the checks and balances thing, like the entire government would have to decide. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But they basically said that, no, we're not going to ban it. So uh, long story short, Bitcoin is, in my opinion, one of the most safe bets that anybody can make. And I think it still has a lot of potential, a lot of growth from here. All these other coins that are coming out, there's over 5,000 cryptocurrencies and a lot of them are scams. So people have to be careful. Um, You have to do a lot of research on them. Like, what do they do? Why are they coming out? Um, So, but anybody could at the end of the day invest in whatever they want, right? But the other coin that I tell everybody to invest in is Ethereum, right? So Ethereum is this other cryptocurrency that was created in 2015, I believe, if not 2016. And what Ethereum does, it's basically um, smart money is what people like to call it. So thanks to this blockchain technology, right? This uh, young kid, I think he was like 19, he created this coin called Ethereum. And he saw that this 
internet money, this digital currency, you could write little programs on it. So he created this token named Ethereum and on the token itself, he made it so that you could write what are called smart contracts, which are basically what are called if statements. So let's take the example of a vending machine. A vending machine has an if statement written into it where it says, if you input $1 into me, then you'll get a snack or chocolate bar out. So that's an if statement. So what Ethereum allows is for developers and uh, people to create companies on top of the Ethereum blockchain. So that blockchain <clears throat> still has the same rules, the same thing as Bitcoin, where it keeps track of all the transactions, every uh, amount of certain amount of time, those blocks gets pushed back and they all get connected. So it has that same exact principle. But now Ethereum allows for that extra uh, smart contract capability, right? So now what companies can do with that is, you know, right now we can't even think of it, right? But like a lot of companies are going to be able to, for example, um, artists, they're going to be able to write a smart contract that says like, if somebody listens to my song, then I'll get paid uh, whatever amount, right? Mm -hmm. Or if eventually if uh, washers that are connected to the Wi-Fi, um, it'll, they'll have like a, a measuring thing that says if the detergent runs low, order detergent from Amazon. And it'll just do that. It'll be all machine to machine communication. And Ethereum is going to allow for all that without any third party, without a like an intermediary to check that all these transactions are occurring. It's just going to be uh, occurring nonstop throughout the internet. So people call it like internet money, where it's just going to be transactions happening all over the place as, mm -hmm. as things occur. So as natural things that everyday uh, things that we do. So like, let's say if you want to buy a home, you're no longer going to need a broker or somebody to check that you sent the money somewhere. The if statement is already going to be included in that token where like, if Jonathan sends me $20,000 down payment for my home, then the title goes to him or whatever. And it'll just be verified on the blockchain using the Ethereum network. And you're not going to need that, that third party to check it. So that's mm -hmm. why Ethereum is going to be a massive, massive uh, play in my, in my opinion, right? That's like saying uh, back in the day when the internet was created, right? You weren't, you couldn't really invest in the internet, right? So when the internet came out, the dot-com bubble in 2000, all of these uh, companies, internet companies, were shooting up like crazy and you had to choose which one you wanted to invest in. And a lot of them went bankrupt when the crash in 2000 happened. A lot of those companies failed. And Ethereum right now is the platform on where all of these new companies are going to be built on top of with these smart contracts, like these rules that the companies are going to uh, write. But you don't have to invest in any particular company. So a lot of these 5,000 tokens or plus that are being created, they're being created on top of the Ethereum network. So using these smart contracts. So instead of you having to choose one of those random tokens that a lot of them could fail and they probably will 90%, 99% of them will probably go to zero. You could invest on the internet, which is Ethereum, right? On basically with the, the analogy I like to give is like the racing track. Let's say you go uh, to watch horses race. A lot of people bet on a specific horse to win the race. So with Ethereum, Ethereum is the racetrack. You could invest on the racetrack knowing that horses are going to be running on it and you'll make money because they're going to be using your racetrack, 
but you don't mm. have to worry about which horse wins, right? Mm. So that's that's the the best analogy I could think of when it comes to Ethereum and why it's it could potentially be so huge in the future, right? Mm. A lot of companies will be building on top of it, yeah. And you don't have to choose which one. It's just like the platform where everything's going to be built on. Okay. Yeah. And I guess like a good way just to look at it for people is just like understanding like there's a lot of pe- a lot of big companies that are going to be using this. So that's another way to kind of solidify your bet there if you're kind of on the fence versus something that has no no one's kind of like putting anything into it is not being like, you know, supported by any company, any um reputable, I guess format i don't know even know how to put that but like yeah just it seems to be something that right now i've already seen a like, tremendous growth and like you know the predictions on it right now and even just the stuff on forbes and stuff that i've been reading on it um look very promising yeah yeah man so like of course people have made millions and a lot of money on these other little coins but for example like dogecoin um now it's getting a lot more traction but like in 2017 or forget what year it was created, 2016, 2017, it was literally created as a joke. And like the creator said, this is just like a joke. <laughs> it was made from that meme of that little Shiba Inu uh, dog. Mm-hmm. And they literally said it in their white paper. The white paper is like the, uh, a little uh, yeah. thing that talks about what the coin is. But it took off. People just decided to invest in it and that's it. So who's to say that people aren't going to just jump in on any other random coin and they're going to decide mm-hmm. that it has value? Again, value or uh, value is given by us because of beliefs, and that's it. So yeah. if there's enough, you know, uh, if everyone's in and Doge, we'll all use Doge. <laughs> yeah. So, but like I said, again, everybody and even Mark Cuban, he said Dogecoin could be used as transactions, and he, I think, accepts it in his uh, in his arenas, like for basketball and stuff. But then that's when you have to understand how each coin works, right? So again, going back to Bitcoin, there's only 21 million. Dogecoin, there's like a trillion. And for Bitcoin, every 10 minutes is when only right now 12.25 Bitcoin uh, or 6.25 Bitcoin are produced. Um, For Dogecoin, every one minute, there's a thousand Dogecoin that are produced. So people, you know, understanding that should already tell them, all right, you know, if the price just need for the price to remain stable, forever there has to be every minute a thousand coins being bought that way the, yeah. the, the amount remains the same if yeah. everybody stops buying and every minute thousand are being produced the amount of it is getting inflated which then makes the the, the price go down so and, and all of these coins have these these same things you could go to coinmarketcap.com and it'll give you the list of all of the coins that that are currently in existence and when you click each one, if you scroll to the bottom, it tells you all of this information. It tells you how many of the coins exist, every how often it gets produced, like all the information that you need. So that's why people need to do their homework. They can't just jump into the next like TikTok viral coin that you like see a video of. Yeah, you have to be careful. And I think that's like a good way to just classify Bitcoin, Ethereum. There might be a couple others. They're more of your safe coins, uh, more long-term investments. You want to look at it from like a, a big picture type mentality. And then if you want to have hop on the joke with Doge, um, I think Shiba falls under that category and a couple other small coins that have like, you know, you could make a killing overnight and it can one day just wake up and you're like, holy crap, I just went up a couple of decimals or whatever. And it's like, we're made some cash and cash it out but that is not a long-term investment people need to kind of uh, you know separate the two and they can say 
oh, crypto doesn't work. Crypto's a scam. But you're you're playing these games with it uh, and treating it as such when you you know don't know. It's almost like when you try to say like investing is a scam and you did zero homework, went in by just like something you saw on TikTok, lost your money, yeah, exactly. and then it went. It's been proven times and time again. I know now a few people that have good portfolios and it's because they're playing the slow, steady game. Um, How would you, how would you advise someone to, I guess, go about it um, with like, I know there's different ways. There's people that kind of uh, are big. They, they, they go big. Like I have some people that are like, Oh, I'm not going to invest in it until I can, you know, buy a coin or something. I'm like, uh, I don't, I don't go with that mentality, but I know some people kind of want to wait and then they just, put a bunch of money some people kind of do it more on a safe route where they allow themselves a budget of like i'm going to put in this amount like what are some uh ways that you would recommend someone that maybe new uh that kind of wants to start kind of putting money in there yeah man so that's a good thing that you brought up about people wanting to buy a whole coin because a lot of people do uh see that large price of whatever coin whether it's ethereum or bitcoin and they think that they have to buy a whole one right so one thing that I didn't mention is that these coins are divisible by eight decimal places, which means you can invest as little as $10, $1. You don't need to buy a whole coin, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, what I recommend for people is, you know, obviously you want to have some money invested because like we talked about earlier, you don't just want to have it sitting in your bank, whether that's in the stock market or in crypto, which is you know what the focus is here, um, you do want to invest something. So I can't tell people how much or how little. Obviously, um, none of this is financial advice. Again, all of this is very uh, subjective to go up and down. The volatility is is large, and everybody has to be aware of the risk. But you know, investing an amount that you feel comfortable with that you're not going to need in the next week, two weeks, a month, right? Mm-hmm that's uh, what I recommend, right? So if you have, you know, if you're a rich person and you have uh, $10,000 just, you know, sitting there, you know, you're not going to use ever, then go ahead and invest that. If you just have 50 bucks that you're, you don't think you're going to need, then go ahead and invest the 50 bucks. And as you see that price, you know, maybe you put 50 bucks in, you're going to see that if it goes up to $60, you're going to get intrigued and you're going to be like, why is it going up? So you'll start doing more research. And that's, that's the best thing that I recommend for people. Just put 10 bucks in. And once you see that money start going up, you're going to start being more curious, right? When you don't really have skin in the game, um, you're kind of just like blowing it off. You're like, oh, it's whatever. I'm hearing a lot about it. But the moment you actually put money into it and you see the fluctuations in price, you start to get more uh, involved in it and actually want to learn more about it. And that's when you get into like the rabbit hole and trying to, figure out why this is even a thing right yep i think there's a, a way that i uh there's a term and i, I don't want to butcher it. it's a cost average uh, when you invest oh, yeah. like the same amount doesn't matter it's a consistent flow of money it changes with the time but at the end of the day you have like an average cost of what it, you've been i guess paying for it what what's the term exactly for it? Dollar yeah, cost so that's, average. that's dollar cost average exactly yep. yeah. so that's that's something that i also tell people to do so you know, a lot of people do that. Let's say every week, no matter what the price is of, of a stock or of crypto, whatever they want to invest in, they put, let's say, $50 every single week. So if today you bought something at when it was worth 100 bucks, and next week 
you put that same amount of money. So let's say today you bought one stock at $100. The next week you buy it again, you, pu you put $100 in again at, uh, you put $100 in again for that same stock, but the stock is now worth $200. Your dollar cost average, right, would be $150 because it's the average between the two prices that you bought in. And every time that you continue to invest that money every week, it just continues to average into whatever price, whether the price goes up or the price goes down, you just continue adding and the price of the actual stock that you have invested in or crypto is just being averaged in depending on what price you're getting into it. So that's a good uh, way to invest as well. So there's those, uh, those two ways, right? There's a big bulk investing where you just throw in a whole bunch at one particular price point or the dollar cost average, where just over time, you just continue to invest, right? So if you have $5,000, you can either decide to invest it all at one big uh, one big go, or divide those 5,000 into five different weeks or five months, and every week or every month invest 1,000, right? No matter the price. Yeah, Now I think I, I, what I wanted to say was, I think that for a lot of people doing it that way maybe make makes it seem more possible. I know personally in my situation that, I can be that person that I can, I, if I see an opportunity, I will like, you know, jump in. Um, but for the most part, what I do with a lot of things is that you have a plan, you kind of go based on what's comfortable. Like you said, money that you don't, you're not going to worry about, you know, next week or next month. Like if you can only spare 20 bucks or 50 bucks, even as insignificant, I know that's what turns off a lot of people because they have that all in mentality, but what's, it's really just keeping them stuck from doing anything. And that's why I want to call them out on that. But it's mm -hmm. like, just start doing little by little, because over time, like we said, if you're looking at it from a long-term, you're not going to notice those initial 20 bucks. Eventually you're going to be in a financial situation. Hopefully that you can invest a hundred bucks a week, 200 bucks a week, whatever. And you are obviously financially healthy. We're not saying this is like we said, this is not financial advice, but this is just stuff that of opinions and stuff that we've seen. Um, obviously, Santi has the most knowledge in, in this particular topic. That's why I wanted to have him on. But from a personal guy that's new, go little. Just start with a little bit. Watch what happens. It's a very cool phenomenon when you start seeing money start to change without you having to, have to put in more time or effort into it, which is really, really nice. It's a good feeling. Um, and I encourage just continue education with it. Exactly, man. And yeah, so... Uh... What you just mentioned about it being too little, that's one thing that people also tell me, right? They're like, no, but if I just put 20 bucks, nothing's going to happen. Mm -hmm. they, they've been saying that ever since the price was, let's say, at $100, right? So mm -hmm. I've had people that have told me back when the price was at 10000 like, oh, no, if I just put 100 bucks, like, what's going to happen? Like, it's nothing. Yeah. And now that it's at $60,000, they are like, oh, I wish I would have put 100 bucks at 10000 So that's, yeah. that's human psychology, right? Right now, people will be saying the same thing. Oh, mm -hmm. if I only put 100 bucks, like it's too little. What if it goes incredibly high from here? Then they're going to yep. be saying, I wish I put when it was at 60,000. Yep. So, you know, you're never going to know. You just have to take that, that risk, right? And what I always tell people too, like this is still very early. Um, this is literally a technology that came out in 2009 that was created. So we're 12 years in. And it's still extremely early. Anybody who even has thought about this of getting in, it's still you know a, a good time to get in. Mm -hmm. And 
you either play it safe where let's say a company like Amazon or Apple right now, like, sure, you could invest in that company because it's already proven itself and you know they're good companies. Or you could take a little bit of a risk, but with higher risk comes more reward, right? People that invested in Amazon back in 2000 when it was, you know, nothing and they were just, I think they weren't even selling books yet, but eventually they started selling books. Who was Mm going to think that Amazon was going to rule the world, right? So the people that took that initial risk because Mm -hmm. they saw the vision of the company or whatever, then those are the ones that reap the biggest benefits. So again, if for the people that are young, you know, you, you are a little bit more um, susceptible to, yeah, like you, you can take a little bit more risk as opposed to, you know, if, if you have kids, family, or you're about to uh, retire, then that comes with a lot more responsibility that you have to look out for. So absolutely. I think that's a good way to kind of, uh, kind of conclude. I, Cause I, Tanti, I eventually we're going to have you back. We want to get more in depth on other uh, topics and we can kind of really hammer it, but I just wanted this episode to be where someone can kind of grasp why this is even, why this is, should even be part of conversation. And I think that it's, it's, realistic it's it's not even like an opinion it's a fact you're more it's more risky not to invest than it is to invest you know in the long term um because at the end of the day we can't control certain things obviously we don't know what's going to happen long term but when you see an overall pattern and trend going and it's even if it go even it doesn't even go it is full potential but it still increases um, overall that you're going to, you're going to be happy that you did, um, because there's always going to be some of that, some of that gain, even if you did small increments for the long time, I mean, you're playing the long game, do what you're comfortable with. Um, I want to kind of, I don't know if there's any closing thoughts that you have, uh, for our listeners and anyone that's checking this episode out. Um, yeah. So like, I, like you pretty much said that the, that the best, so people that want to get involved and don't really understand it. Like we mentioned, you know, going little by little as, as soon as you start seeing that money go up and down, especially if it starts uh, going up, you're going to start to feel like, all right, like maybe I should invest in more. Let me, mm-hmm. let me research more. Let me see what this is. And that'll make you feel more secure or you're going to start seeing, uh, want to look into more uh, articles, more videos. You're going to learn a lot more about it. And that way, too, when it does come down, because in most likelihood it will, you're not scared and you're not telling yourself, what did I get into? I have no idea mm-hmm. what this is. So no matter what, you know, just at the end of the day, the more knowledge you gain from this or for any other type of investment, the more better off you'll be. And I think another big thing I want to remind people um, obviously I trust you wholeheartedly when you're giving me this information. I know you've done your research, people that are listening. If you, um, tr- talk to people that know a lot about what you're trying to do, and this is anything, this is just like, obviously a life thing, but when it comes to your finances, look up the people that are, are not coming at it with a, um, get, I'm going to make you super rich type mentality versus, let me educate you. Let me show you what this is. And then you, I'm not, this is not a prescription. You have to put in a thousand dollars every month. That's the only way, like, look at it. Like this is the information, take this information and apply it to your current situation to make the best guesses. I mean, best decisions moving forward, because if you're listening to negative people, people that are, don't know what they're talking about, they just regurgitate whatever they heard from, you know, their favorite TikToker or whatever, 
you're going to be in trouble and you're going to have a bad taste with stuff like this. Um, but like I said, I slept on it for almost five years now, but it, it is what it is. Um, not making excuses. I'm in it. And I had, to, I just knew I had to start somewhere. So I'm kind of glad I have, you know, you to chat with on a daily basis if need be. Um, but I would encourage the listeners to do the same and seek out um, credible people that have true that they're in it, that they're actually walking the talk, you know, they're going to be able to give you the best advice. Exactly. Yeah. And always, and uh, just to add a little bit more on top of that too, if you ever find an investment or something that you believe in, it's still good to also listen to the opposite side, right? So everybody that hears me talk about like how good Bitcoin is, good Ethereum, whatever, there's a lot of people that are going to think the opposite and it's good to listen to that opposite side, right? That way you get both yeah. sides of that spectrum and you make a decision on your own you decide what you believe is the best choice for you and the reason why i'm saying this too is because like i said there are a lot of scams out with these crypto right with any big technology especially out in the internet a lot of scams are going to be found right in uh, 2017 there was a huge one called uh, bitconnect and that one was basically a huge pyramid scheme and it was incredibly big. That one had like a massive army behind it. People were getting super, super rich. These YouTube influencers were getting all their followers to get in and it, that coin eventually went to zero, right? So all the people that got involved, they were super hyped. Like they believed in it so much, but they didn't understand it. They didn't, they thought that, oh no, if, if I get this person in, I'll get more of it. So it just became this huge, uh, huge pyramid scheme. And the point is that, uh, there were a lot of warning signs, but just because it kept going up in price, everybody was neglecting those warning signs. So again, don't let your emotions and your greed yeah. and you know fear, whatever it could be, to cloud the the logic that could be presented to you. Right. So yeah. it's important to always listen to both sides and just you know keep keep an open mind when it comes to any of these investments. Absolutely. I, at the end of the day big red flag if it's a pyramid scheme with anything run the opposite direction whatever it is i don't care if it's fucking supplements crypto whatever i got someone actually did approach me i'm on that i was like once they said how once they described the pyramid scheme i was like nope <laughs> so yeah we just, you can turn this money into this much money it's like sounds great applying to that emotional side but objectively speaking this is not what you're in the game for, guys. You're trying to be long-term investors and just, you know, secure kind of your future. But um, anything else? Uh, Mike, do you have anything? No. <laughs> Man, a few <laughs> words. I love it. Uh, Santi, I genuinely appreciate you coming on. This was a lot of fun. Uh, we're going to have to do this again. Um, we can chat sure. and we can uh, see... Uh, maybe something we can research a particular coin and we can really go in on some on different topics um, and stuff that I'm going to be bugging you about, um, of course. <laughs> but sure, where, can, where can people find you? Um, what are you doing? What are you up to? Um, I know you've been kind of wanting to get into this type of stuff and help people. Um, but I guess right now, what do you got going on with you? Yeah, man. So I've actually been wanting to start uh teaching a lot more people about this. Cause like I said, once you start learning um, about how our current financial system works and how it is hurting a lot of people, and I'm not saying that the government or the financial system is evil and that they're doing this on purpose for people like, but things that they have to do to keep the economy going one way or another mm -hmm. does lead to bad causes. 
So it's important for people to understand. And I've been wanting to teach this to a lot of people. So I, I'm going to start um, providing more education on my Instagram. So anybody that would want to follow me, that way they could join any Instagram live that I were to do. Um, they could go ahead and join or follow me. Um, I go by San underscore man 22. And they'd be able to follow me that way. You know, any type of educational content that I put there for free. Can, just you, can, I want... you, can you plug that in one more time? I think it cut out a little bit on my end. So I want to make sure that everyone heard it. Got you. Yeah. So it's San underscore man 22. All right. So yeah, that way, you know, any type of uh, time that I hop on, hop on on the Instagram live, just to do that education for people. Cause I do get a lot of questions uh, re regarding crypto. And I think it's important for everybody to learn about it. You know, you'll be able to, to hop in with, with me. Absolutely. That's amazing. So definitely go give them a follow guys, go and support um, unbiased information. The best intentions is just to kind of better you uh, with your health, fitness and your life. So um, you can, we'll kind of wrap this up. Um, like I said, follow him, like this video on YouTube. If you're actually watching this, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. If you want to go and check us out on social media, we're on Instagram at the next level show. You can find my account at John Alva fitness, uh, Gabe, he's at prime and glory. And Mr. Mike is at Mike Nillis PT. Santi, thank you, brother. Till the next one. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me.